Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by my fantastic co-host, Bree Tucker. Why, hello, hello, everybody. How are you guys doing? <laughs> I'm trying to change it up a little. <laughs> hello, hello. I always am like, fantastic, yes. Do-do-do, do-do-do. Flip your hair like the like the finesse. Flip the hair, flip the hair. Or salon selectives, whatever it was back in the 80s. Toss, toss. From Wicked, the musical, Galinda's like, toss, toss. Anyone who watches Wicked, you get it. You get it. I've only (laughs) seen it once, so I don't remember it as well. I've seen it like four or five times, I think. I love that. I love that musical. It's one of my things with play is going to go see musicals, which really digs in a little with our guest today. It does. Um, What a great segue. It's so interesting because we talk to a lot of moms who just feel tired, who feel exhausted, and they think, you know, something is, they're chronically ill, or they're having these aches and pains that they don't know about. And our guest, Michelle Grosser, had those as well. And she found a really interesting way to deal with them. And she's going to tell you about that in our interview with her. She is a nervous system expert, certified master life coach, and host of the Calm Mom podcast. Through somatic and neuroscience-based modalities, she coaches women through discovering what's beneath their triggers and emotions so they can begin their healing journey and find peace in the present. Michelle is also the proud mom to her two kids, ages five and six. And we hope you enjoy our interview with Michelle. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids. And we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. Welcome, Michelle, to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am so excited to dig into this conversation with you because it's fascinating to me how much our body plays into our anxiety, our emotions, our blowing up at our kids, and you just dig into everything. So welcome, welcome. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. And we were just talking a little bit how you are juggling all the things, like things that I think cause me stress when I'm being pulled in opposite directions and have to pull Mm -hmm. my focus. That's what you're doing right now. You're practicing law, you're coaching, and you're doing a podcast. How are you keeping calm throughout (laughs) all of those things? I am wearing so many hats right now that when I like think about it, my brain hurts. I am. I'm still practicing law. I have two daughters, a five and six-year-old. So you guys know how that is. Married, coaching, have a podcast. And then on top of all of that, about two years ago, my husband and I planted a church here in Miami. So we're like doing midweek ministries and Sunday stuff. And it's just, it's so much. And I'm so grateful because if you had thrown all that stuff at me like five years ago, 10 years ago, there's just no way I didn't have the capacity. But because I've been able to do this nervous system work and really dig into it and set a good foundation and really just learn how to increase my capacity, I'm able to hold more. And it's not any special gift or anything that I have. We all have the the ability. We just need the tools to increase that capacity. And I know 
for you guys, for me, for people listening, we don't necessarily want to handle less life, right? We all have all of these big goals and ambitions and dreams and things with our family and professionally and hobbies and all these beautiful things. And when we work with our nervous system, we can grow the capacity to hold all that life is throwing at us. But yeah, it's, 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 it's busy. <laughs> that is really busy. How did you discover this nervous system stuff? Mm. Like, how did you figure out that that's what you needed to delve into? Yeah. So I've always been the type of person who's really in her head, super logical, loves to analyze things. I love my checklists and my to-do lists. And I went to law school, right? So like super, super in my head and very unaware and disconnected from my emotional body, thinking that I used to have pride, I think, in the fact that I wasn't one of those women who like cry or like is dramatic. Mm. And I just didn't realize how out of touch I was with all of that. And when my first daughter was born almost seven years ago, I just hit burnout so hard. I wasn't slowing down and my body just was like, fine, I'll take over and I'll shut this whole thing down. And it hit me really hard. And I started seeking help and I I experienced postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. And the more that I learned about all of this stuff, I saw the underlying thread through all of it. And it all came back to the regulation of my nervous system. So I just went on a deep dive. I took a year off. And I studied nothing but the nervous system. I got certified as a neurological fitness expert. I did a year-long master coach certification program. And the change that I experienced in my mood and my energy levels and learning better habits and tools and all of these things, I'm now just on a mission to share it with other moms because it's changed everything for me. That's amazing. Yeah. Like I, I'm just sitting here kind of clueless what to say next. Oh my God. <laughs> That's really interesting that you said that you took a lot of pride in not being able to cry because I really beat myself up about being one of those people who could not cry, like being yeah. so in touch with emotions that I can't hide a single thing on my face. And it's good to hear you say that the almost repercussions coming from being the opposite direction that there needs to be this interplay of emotions and what your body's feeling and what your mind is able to put out there in the world. So like when you first started working on nervous system, what were some of the symptoms you had that your nervous system was dysregulated? Yeah. So a lot of them I chalked up to just new mom life, (laughs) chronic fatigue, brain fog, procrastinating, feeling just unexplained aches and pains in my body, emotional volatility, anxiety, depression, a lot of physical symptoms too. I've always had gut issues and food sensitivities and my mom had autoimmune conditions. So I always thought that was just something going on with, maybe it was like a hormone issue or an adrenal fatigue issue, burnout. And a lot of these things I was experiencing, you know, you feel it and you have this sense that it's off. And then you yeah. go to see your doctor and they're like, well, that's just like new mom life. It's to be expected. And then your kids are like four or five and you're like, but I still, I still feel this way. And you're like, do some labs, like something's got to be off. And maybe this is hormonal or whatever. And they come back and they're like, well, you're within range. I had a client mm-hmm. yesterday tell me she had asked her doctor to run some labs because she was just feeling so off and everything came back normal And her doc. She's 37 and her doctor told her, well, that's just part of getting older. That's why you're tired all the time. At 37, like Like, that's not supposed to be right. No. No. So those are all symptoms of of a dysregulated nervous system, but it's become normalized, especially for women, especially for moms. And it's a myth. Why is it? It feels like so often we go to the doctor as women and we're told, 
oh, it's just getting older. Oh, yeah. perhaps your time of the month is happening. <laughs> or perhaps you're getting ready to start going through the change, especially if you're like older than the 37. Why don't, right? why don't they just like, call it like you in a pause? Let's, you, let's just say it's a normal yeah. system. It's a normal thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you can't sleep at night. Oh, it's probably just that. Yeah. And, and, but yet, oh like, I feel like when men go... <laughs> They do a lot more for them. They don't just chalk it up all the time. And we just get swept under the rug. Yeah, we're gaslit, right? Yes, like we're, yeah. We're made to think that we're crazy or we're making it up or we're being, you know, overly dramatic sensitive. or emotional. Yes, overly dramatic. Overly, you're being, you're making a big deal out of nothing. That's it. Because it can't be quantified by traditional medicine. There's no way to take a test and measure it. I was uh, listening to this great interview with Gabor Mate. So he wrote this new book, The Myth of Normal, and I'm just learning who he is. Bri, he's he's phenomenal from what I've heard so far. Okay. That's all I could tell you because that's all I know. But <laughs> he was describing how like as a clinician, they have bacteria in a Petri dish and it's put in a broth, which is called the culture. And when you put bacteria in a broth and it grows well, that's a thriving culture. It's a good mm-hmm. thing. When you put the bacteria in another Petri dish, and if it's showing signs of decay or signs of growth or signs of pathologies in this instance, like anxiety, depression, fatigue, you would call it a bad culture. It's the bad broth it's in. And so thinking of terms of moms, I I heard that and I'm like, my gosh, it is really the culture in a broader sense that we're in that is causing a lot of our symptoms. Mm -hmm. And unless we realize that and deal with that, I don't see a way out of it, but I have hope, Michelle, because you've been able to take the same culture that we're all in and figure out a way through it. So I really want to hear how you do that right after we take this break. I've been looking for simple ways to form healthy habits and get the nutrients my body needs even on busy mornings. And oh my gosh, has it been busy lately. And that's why I decided to give AG1 a try. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more, but it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day every day. And it makes me feel energized. Even like I still add the coffee on there because I like it a lot. AG1 tastes really good too. And I enjoy my glass every single morning. AG1 is the supplement I trust to provide the support my body needs daily. And that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com forward slash NGM. That's drinkag1.com forward slash NGM. Check it out. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of TILT is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the TILT Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. 
I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. So Michelle, you talked before about how you were able to regulate your dysregulated nervous Mm -hmm. system. How can we start to do this? Yeah. So I think what you were talking about with the culture is a great place to start (laughs) because I think part of it is being so intentional about being counterculture, right? And really identifying those areas that are contributing to the hustle and the push and all of these things that drive us to burnout and the stress that we're putting on our body and that it's carrying that leads to dysregulation. So when I talk about it in that broad sense of like kind of habits where we can start, there's three things that I encourage every mom's to do to help support their nervous systems every day. And you can incorporate these into like your morning routine or break them up during the day. But the first one is 10 minutes of stillness mm-hmm. every day. True stillness, not listening to a podcast, not reading a book, not anything, but learning to sit and allow your body to understand what it feels like and that it is safe to be in a place of rest and to be in a place where your body can function and heal and have this space to do the things that it needs to do that we're often not able to do because we're going all the time. So 10 minutes of stillness, 10 minutes of movement. We all know the benefits of exercise, the people that do it and feel good after always talking about it, right? So it's, it's I'm real. I'm one of those people. I'm sorry. Yes, it's real. It's real. So am I. And breathe not. I am not. <laughs> So yeah, and it doesn't have to be CrossFit. Like from a nervous system perspective, just taking a walk around the block, 10 minutes can can make an impact on your nervous system. And then the third one is my favorite one, especially for moms. And it's 10 minutes of play every day. We are so disconnected with play, with pleasure, with enjoyment, with sitting in that sustained joy. I think we know we have to like be able to celebrate our wins to achieve goals and all of these different things, but we're so uncomfortable with it for some reason. We'll celebrate for six seconds and it's like, all right, on to the next thing, but really training ourselves. And also I think as moms, it's an opportunity to re-explore our identity, right? So much of that I think gets shifted or stretched or whatever in motherhood, but really exploring like, what are the things that light me up? What are my hobbies? What are the things that make me feel alive? And then cultivating those. Yeah, I like that you clarified that because I think that a lot of our listeners are probably going to hear the 10 minutes of play or pleasure and go, okay, so I need to play with my kids for 10 minutes. And that's not what you're talking about. That's the opposite of pleasure sometimes. (laughs) Right? It really is. As much as I would love, mine are teens now, so I'm just stretching back to when they were younger. As much as I loved playing Barbies myself as a child, playing Barbies with my child was not as much fun. I, I had hate one... Barbies. I always well, I had one kid who always played like disaster Barbie, and Joanne's going to know which kid this was. One kid that always like, <laughs> Barbie's going to the hurricane, and then Barbie would fly across the room, and then the other kid would be like, no, that's not what Barbie does. And then if you made Barbie say the wrong thing, then you got chastised, yelled at, and you're just like, okay, so what's Barbie supposed to say now? Right? (laughs) That's how kids are for sure. Like when my four-year-old nephew came over two weekends ago, he's Auntie Joe, let's play fort. 
And I'm like, okay. And he lays down pillows. He's like, you lay down right there. And I'm like, okay, I'll be good with that. But then he goes off and does something else. I go to the couch. I'm reading a book. He's like, Auntie Joe, why are you laying down? I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm reading this book. He's like, it's not book time. It's fort time. Come back here. And then he sits me down. He's like, <laughs> Auntie Joe, you need to focus. It's so like you get yelled at and chastised when you get you play with your kids. It is not enjoyment. It is not <laughs> okay. <laughs> So let's, can we dive into that just a little bit more? Because I feel like so many of us are so disconnected from that play piece. Like I hear the stillness. It scares the crap out of me to sit still for 10 minutes and not do anything, not listen to a podcast, not listen to an audiobook. That freaks yeah. me out. And 10 minutes of movement, not my favorite, but I can do it. I can do it. But the 10 minutes of play, I think that's something that's gonna be a lot harder for people to understand. So like if your play is, I don't know. I'm thinking like, I like to kayak. I can't do that for 10 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. So like, how do you explore other ways to find those other habits? Like you said, those things that light you up. Yeah. So an easy way to get play and movement in at the same time is to set joy alarms on your phone. I teach my clients this. Yeah. So I start with four a day, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then one at night. And when they go off, it is just I have a playlist. I go on Spotify. I play my playlist and I dance for one song. And sometimes it happens in the car. Sometimes it happens in the kitchen. Sometimes it happens wherever. But that's a great way to access. I love Right. And grow your capacity for pleasure and for joy. Dancing, singing is great. Also helps to tone your vagus nerve. So that's great. Exploring hobbies you had when you were a kid, whether Mm -hmm. you're artistic or not, just accessing creativity is a great way to to sit and play and just giving yourself the permission to do that. And I love, Brie, that you said 10 minutes of stillness is terrifying. (laughs) It feels like it'd be really uncomfortable because people feel like that with play too, I think. And I think what a beautiful invitation to lean in because there's something there, right? There's a reason why we're avoiding that. Yeah. And I love the joy alarms. And you said something about the vagus nerve. Can you explain for everybody what that vagus nerve is and what the importance is of really calming it? Yeah. So we all have obviously our nervous system. So from the base of our spine, there's this network of nerves that runs to all of our major organs. And within our nervous system, there are different neuro circuits. So when we have an understanding of how we're feeling, and that's an indication of what circuit we're operating in, we can help bring ourselves back to regulation. So we notice that we're feeling anxious or angry or irritable or that activated energy. There are things that we can do that help to tone that vagus nerve and help to bring and return our body back to a state of regulation, which is where we want to spend most of our time. That's where we have access to our prefrontal cortex and the part of our brain that makes us like really awesome human beings who can get along Mm -hmm. with other human beings and do really great things and not lose our mind at our kids, right? So we want to spend time there. So we want to have tools, want to be able to notice where we're at and then have tools to help bring us back to regulation. Yeah, that regulation, it is hard because if you do these 10 minutes of stillness and this 10 minutes of movement and this 10 minutes of play, which I love your dancing example, because I feel like I shake like all the time, like with my dance and it's totally fun. There's still those points where you feel so dysregulated and you don't know what to do. So my question for you is that once you started this practice, how long was it until you saw some of those other things that you mentioned, the fatigue, the anxiety and depression 
go away. So like people would know when to expect it. And I want you to answer that right after this break. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness, and I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder, and I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better. So we were talking about how long it could be until people can expect to feel some of the relief from these other symptoms once they start in this practice of regulating their nervous system. So how did it happen for you, Michelle? Yeah. So I think like with any new habit, which is really just a new neural pathway, (laughs) the rate at which you see change is probably going to be highly correlated to the rate at which you are consistent in that new patterning. So I know for me, there were some things that I did where I saw change almost immediately, like within maybe days, I was like, wow, like starkly, I feel so different in my body. The anxiety feels like it's gone, or at least when it comes, I know things that I can do. And then there are other things that had taken more of a toll on my body. I think I was struggling from insomnia that I think was as as a result of really high cortisol levels for a long time. Yeah. See that Um, that insomnia, man, it gets all of us. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then it took, it took time. It took maybe I'm trying to think for me, I don't know, maybe two or three months before I was like, wow, I'm feeling better before I go to sleep. My habits are better around my sleep, taking care of myself better holistically. I have changed my schedule and my pace and the way I think about things. I have tools to regulate my nervous system and I'm sleeping so much better. So I think it varies. But the thing with our body is that it doesn't speak a verbal language. So I think so often we get stuck up here and we feel something or like we're struggling with something like insomnia or anxiety and we're like, just calm down. It's no big deal. Or just sleep, like just sleep. Like We want to tell ourselves these things. And so why it's even worse when our partner tells us, right? Just calm down. It's not a big deal. And now I'm more angry. <laughs> now I'm more, I'm more upset. It doesn't yeah. work. It, does it doesn't not work. work. No. Yeah. Call so me, we have to- like the best way to get someone amped up is to tell them to calm down. Yeah. Our kids. Yeah. Forgot it. Just chill out. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> not so helpful. Yeah. Not so helpful. Not no. so helpful. But we can show our body how to do these things, which is really bringing felt safety to our body to bring it back to regulation. That doesn't involve any words or any thoughts or any mindset. 
but the way our body communicates. And these are great things that we can teach our kids when they're experiencing dysregulation also. Movement, sound, t- mm-hmm. gentle and appropriate touch, breath, all of these things really help to communicate safety to our nervous system and ultimately what brings regulation. That is so interesting. And I could see now how the 10 minutes of play and using music and integrating that into it can then tell our body that, hey, it's time to calm down. Yeah, right. If a bear is chasing you, you're not going to be dancing. <laughs> it's, like, right? it's like, take it all the way back, true. right? You're signaling to your system. The same thing with breath work. Like we think about it, but honestly, long exhales, if I'm running from a threat, I'm not breathing slowly and deeply. So those mm-hmm. are all signals you're sending your system of safety. That really makes sense to me. I'm able to wrap my head around that one because sometimes with telling people to take a big breath, you're like, oh, I can't, oh, I can't, I can't. It goes back to this conversation we had with Dr. Lisa Demore, and she's like talking about anxiety and how yeah. your body is thinking that there is a tiger chasing you. Yeah. So learning the breath work is telling your body, no tiger exists in this situation. You can calm yeah. down. And it obviously it works. So Michelle, what do you have coming up for you right now that you're excited about? I think as we move into, as we're recording this, right, into the holidays, I have made an intention to do so much less <laughs> this holiday season. That's so a good I, intention. Yeah, I am really leaning into that. And I don't mean less in a sense of just like less you know, fewer toys or something like that or gifts or whatever, but really just like being intentional about saying no and creating white space and where we spend our time and our energy. I think that's a time of year that we can all get caught up in all the things, Mm -hmm. which is really dysregulating for our systems. Our systems thrive in order and slowness and stillness. So I think that we look back and it's, man, that was so stressful. And then we lose the point of it all. So I think that's that's something I'm excited to And then professionally, I'm creating a 28-day nervous system reset that I'm really excited about that I think is going to be really helpful for moms, a little work they can do every day, practical tools and tips they can incorporate and also turn around and then teach their children when they're noticing dysregulation arising or those big emotions arising to help bring that safety to their bodies. So excited about all of that. That sounds amazing. And Michelle, I am so happy that you joined us here and that I got to be on your podcast, the Call Mom podcast. So make sure you go check out Michelle and thank you again for being here. Thanks for having me. We have so much stress. Brie, I was just looking at like, when we record the podcast, we can see ourselves, of course, on camera because we record video. And I have this pimple right here. And I have these pimples all down here in this breakout from like our big summit week. Oh, my face is still recovering from it. It is recovering. It's so recovering. And And like all of this stuff. Well, and in the interview, you heard me jump on the thing about the whole sleep thing because I have not been sleeping well since. And I can guarantee you it's because my stress level is still like sky high. But it's not just the summit. <laughs> That's done. That's not causing the stress anymore. But it is, I definitely have a lot of other things going on. And I mean, now that she says it, yeah, that makes perfect sense. I have a lot of external stress things going on. And that's why I have not been able to sleep. And if you can't sleep, like that just knocks everything out, right? You can't like, recharge. So is there any of the practices she said, like how I love the brain body connection? 
And so hearing what she said, are you more inclined to do that 10 minutes of stillness to calm your body down? So I'm inclined to do it, but I'm wondering if, I know she said you can't listen to a podcast or anything, but I'm wondering, I could probably, so you know me, you know that when I get nervous, I keep talking because I can't take the silence. That is a hard thing for me to lay still. So I think I'm going to have to do, but I can do it when I'm in yoga class Mm -hmm. and you've got like that just kind of music in the background. So I think I could do it with that. And I, I have always found that I do better with sleep with meditation, but it's more so like the sounds with the meditation. So I think I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to try it. I need to, because I'm running out of sleeping pills. (laughs) (laughs) It reminded me when we talked with Ned Johnson and Dr. Uh, Bill Sticksrude episodes ago, we'll put that episode for you in the show notes, but Bill talked about his experience with transcendental meditation. And that's the stillness that I think Michelle is referring to too. And so now I see it. I see how meditation is that thing that is calming your body down so that your mind knows that there's not a threat and it stops releasing the cortisol and then you're able to function a lot better. It's so interesting to me because this morning I was talking with my husband and he's because there's all these changes we're doing in No Guilt Mom right now, which are super, super exciting. So exciting. I am so pumped up. a tiny bit stressful. (laughs) It's stressful too, because whenever you make a change, there's always some backlash against it by people. And me being a total people pleaser, internalize all that backlash as my fault as something that I need to then go and fix. And that is something I'm working on personally. But at night, I've just been a shell of myself. And it's actually reminded me about what I've seen in him at night too. And I was just telling him this and he's, I was like, out of anybody I know, like you would totally understand. And he's, yeah, actually I've been sleeping better the past two weeks than I've slept in two years because he has made a concerted effort to deal with his stress. I mean, he's gone to the doctor now about his stress. He's more in control of his work environment because Mm -hmm. he got promoted and he's restructuring things the way he sees them. And Things are now finally falling into place where the cortisol is lowering and he's able to regulate again, which is great to see. And it really shows the impact of how our body and the chemicals and hormones that our body produces, we have a little bit of control over that. If we take these practices of meditation, of like movement, of play, and work them into our lives. Which I know some, I'm definitely the person that hears like, I have to do more and it just makes me feel overwhelmed and I want to shut down and just crawl under my blankets and just like ignore that it was even suggested because it's just more things I got to figure out how to put into my day. Mm -hmm. But really, I I have to say as somebody who is hesitant to do, to make change, Joanne can always laugh about that with me. Don't move my cheeks. You're getting better. You are getting better. I, because I have actually done some of these practices. Well, I I feel like if I were a cartoon, I would be the person that's standing in the sand and someone is shoving me through the sand to make these changes. Normally it's Joanne that's shoving, but that's okay. Because it's a good thing. Because like you push, I finally go ahead and like, fine, I'll do it. And then I start to notice the, the improvements from it for sure. So while you may hear all of this, like the 10 minutes of stillness, 10 minutes of movement, 10 minutes of play pleasure. And it's like, oh my God, that is so much to do. It really is worth it once you're able to start doing it. 
I love that you're able to speak from personal experience <laughs> on that too. And something that I think when you're in that stress state, you don't think of is when you add these things in, it's not really adding something additional. You're going to be taking some stuff away, but yeah. you don't know what you're going to be taking away yet because right. right now you're in this reactive state where you're reacting to everything and your body is pumped up and you're just go, 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 go. And when you do these 10 minutes of stillness, you're able to start stepping back after you do them. It's some time, like it's a habit that forms. But after you do this, you could see, oh, wait a minute. I don't have to do that thing. I'm not going to do that. That's not worth my time. And I'm not going to do that. That's not worth my time. And you start saying no to all of these things that are just reactionary because your brain comes into the space. It has time to process it. Yeah. It's back online. Yeah. This isn't extra. It's going to be something that's going to improve your whole quality of life because it's bringing your thinking brain back online. So you stop reacting and you're able to be more intentional. Which I feel like is something that we talk about a lot in our balance coaching program. Like Mm -hmm. we do a lot of talking about how practicing small habits can make those bigger changes, our habit tracker, and about how saying no and letting go of things that aren't serving you, how helpful that is. So we actually give you the tools to do it. And one of the tools we have is actually our home responsibility calculator, which we're giving it to you for free. You can go get it at balanceformoms.com and it'll help you see everything that you're doing, everything that you're doing in relation to everybody else in your house. And once you see those percentages, oh my goodness, I hope that is the first like sign that things need to change around here because this is insane. Well, a lot of times you don't realize what you're doing until it's all put out on a sheet of paper and you're like, oh crap. Yes, that's at balanceformoms.com and we will have that in the show notes as well. And until next time, remember the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping by. Hello, you sentient ball of stardust. My name is Casey Davis. I'm a therapist and I'm an author of the book, How to Keep House While Drowning, where I talk about ways to make it a little bit easier to take care of yourself when you're overwhelmed, stressed, have mental health issues, physical health issues, or maybe you're just in a hard season of life. Maybe you're looking for a place that you can come and listen to some practical advice. This is a podcast for all of the self-help rejects. We're going to talk about skills for survival and self-kindness. And I'm going to leave the pop psychology at the door. I promise not to tell you to meditate or to journal. We're just going to give you some really insightful conversations with hopefully some practical advice. So I don't believe you need to pick yourself up by the bootstraps. I don't want you to just try harder. And I don't believe that laziness exists. So join me over on Struggle Care, where we can find compassionate solutions that help us function a little bit better.